Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, on June 19th, 2020. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. The South Bay Show is brought to you by the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce. The Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce has been serving the city of Manhattan Beach for over 60 years, and they are dedicated to promoting a strong local economy by supporting the community, providing valuable business connections, and representing business with government. The Chamber staff is focused on providing its membership with the tools and resources to help businesses grow and thrive within the community. Their goal is to continually support the individual efforts of business as they work to support the growth of the local economy. For more information on how the Manhattan Beach Chamber of Commerce is working with member businesses and the city of Manhattan Beach to support that growth, visit the website at manhattanbeachchamber.com or call 310-545-5313. I'm your host. Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose. This is what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. Joining us as co-host, the president and CEO of the Manhattan Beach Chamber, Kelly Stroman, and of course with us because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, Kelly, how are you today? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. Good morning, Kills. <laughs> um, good morning and happy Friday. Happy, happy Friday. Yeah. June. Happy Friday. Well, we have another something to celebrate here. Happy Juneteenth. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? I've I've been reading about it. I know that there was something about Tulsa in the news lately in that date, and I know about that. But what it, what is it we're celebrating? What it, what is it exactly? It's technically the um, when the end of sla- slavery was official. Oh. And, oh. Okay. Um, right. So uh, there's a there's a lot of history around it, but a lot of people associate the end of slavery um, with um, President Abraham Lincoln and the Emancipation Proclamation on September 22nd in um, 1862, but it technically wasn't until um, uh, two, like two and a half years later, um, here it is, Major General Gordon Granger landed at Galveston, Texas with the news that the war had ended and all slaves were now free. And that was on June 19th, 1865. So, um, you know, I, I didn't, um, apparently attend history that day that that was discussed. The history. I I know. Me I, I had to, you know, I had to do a little boning up on it. Um, Carolina, my my wonderful assistant and director of communications, um, came into my office yesterday, and she says, you know, how are we celebrating Juneteenth? And I'm like, um, give me a clue here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so we oh, simply had a conversation, yeah. and I looked, at, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, then then your your brain kind of goes, oh, okay, I remember this, you know. But um, anyways, um, very interesting. And the more you read about it, the more you go. Boy, why you know why don't any of us realize this? So, anywho, um, happy Juneteenth, right. happy right. Friday, um, Jackie. Yeah. Why are you just okay? That's what I want to know. Why aren't you great today? Well, you know, I'll tell you. I have been. Um, you know that I've I, I've pivoted the purpose of the website for the time being. You know, because my website is it's event based. It's all about events. It's all about having fun and going out and doing things and seeing people. And Last week, I was doing a bunch of maintenance on, on the website, and I realized that other than a handful of virtual events, a uh, big one we're going to talk about today, by the way, um, I have nothing on the calendar until October. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. every event for the summer is, is has been canceled. And yesterday, I also received official word 
from Torrance, El Segundo, and Redondo that there are no Fourth of July fireworks. I mean, I, I figured that was coming, but it's official now. And so I'm just, I'm like, I should just take the summer off at this point, you know, because, <laughs> I, yeah, no, really. I mean, I really should, but I, I, I keep chugging along, but I mean, there is literally, uh, you know, well, some of the farmers markets have reopened and the Torrance Antiques Fair uh, is going to reopen next Sunday, not this Sunday, next Sunday. Um, so some some things like that are starting to happen. But as far as events go, we're we're pretty much done for the summer. So, although the event we're going to talk about today is still going on, it's just kind of a different uh, venue. The venue is going to be your home. Um, yeah, but well, you know, I think- the thing the, the, the thing about events is is that you, you want to get out and see people. You know, it's fun to do things together. And um, this whole pandemic thing just uh, really decimated, uh, you know, society, our social scene, you know, for the summer, for the summer at least. Well, I we think we Gail? need to do, I think we need to do a little maintenance here. And, um, you know, it, yes, I hear you. Um, I certainly agree. Um, but we need to shift not pivot, because you never stand in one place, Jackie. And pivoting implies that you're standing in one place and just moving side to side, so or whatever, front to back. Um, so we need to shift, and we need to shift the paradigm. And uh, just as much as we all, yes, love to get out and socialize and network and mingle at these events and have that human contact, um, you know, we can do a little bit of that. But events as we know it, knew it, yes, have changed. But these virtual events are extremely extremely important um, to all yeah. these groups, to anybody. And so we got to shift. we got to shift our paradigm and get excited about it. <laughs> and, you know, get excited about uh, getting virtual online. Let's get excited about um, knocking this darn virus out. And hopefully this time next year we are not in the same shoes that we are. Um, that's what we need to motivate people and, you know, and get um, – Honestly, we have to, you know, we have to get behind this. And you, you, people are out, and I think there's a false sense of health, a kind of, and wellness here because the sun's out. People are out. You're talking. You know, you're mix, you're, you're moving around a little bit, and um, you know, we're all we're hearing it. Um, don't want to sound like a broken record, but the cases are increase, increasing everywhere, and we've got to wear those masks, people. It's really, really important. There's more and more evidence. This is an airborne transmission, very little evidence of any type of um, tactile, like getting it off the surface. Doesn't mean you can't, mm-hmm. but there's very little um, evidence of that. And so that's why, you know, I don't know if you heard, but um, our governor, Gavin Newsom, yesterday announced yes. that you must, you must, must, must wear a facial covering, i.e. mask, when you are out in public, other than when you are exercising. Um, you have to do it in common places, in public places, in um, like lobbies where people walk through or whatever. Um, it is vitally important that we all mask up, wear that mask, and um, help really slow down this problem. And we need to do it for ourselves. We need to do it for others. We need to do it for these businesses and these events and these groups like our guests today that, you know, that we need to return to having these events in person because um, they're, they're funner, <laughs> you know, and, and they, they, fun, yeah. human. We, and we want that, you know, so yeah. it's hard. I mean, this was a big week of announcements, you know, um, I, I don't think I've ever been so happy to hear that nail salons can open. I think we yes. all have gorilla feet by now. So um, nail salons, you know, waxing, massage, your spas, all of those are opening up today if they can meet the L.A. County protocols. Again, anybody listening who still doesn't understand the difference between the California protocols and then the L.A. County protocols, it is vitally important that any business, no matter what sector you are in, when you are reopening in Los Angeles County that you follow, you follow the Los Angeles County health order and protocol set out for each business. Um, I still am explaining that kind of, you know, top down process to everybody. And, right. um, but that's exciting news and bars can open um, that didn't serve food and, 
There's a lot of things, but I had a very interesting conversation um, on the L.A. Um, County Department of Health call this week. And um, L.A. County, um, part of the protocol is all the restaurant servers must wear face shields, not just face masks. So the shield is the one that comes down basically from the forehead all the way down to your chin. And oh, really? underneath it, and dun, 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 underneath it, you must wear a facial covering or mask underneath it. It is. Oh boy! Like, oh boy! Serious. And we and we all kind of honestly, I haven't caught that in the protocols. Um, it, it's there. I, I I you know pulled it up the minute they said it when we're on this call, and I'm like, it says it right there, face shield. I think maybe some people just it, their brain said saw shield and just thought mask. I mean, I, I think I did, you know. Um, but technically, any dine-in type of restaurants, and this also applies for outdoor dining, anybody serving food, um, like, you know, that you can sit down at, um, must wear these facial shields in addition to a mask. That's oh, boy. It, you know, I we went out for dinner for the first time last, last week, uh, Wednesday night, and that, that was the first time we've dined out in, what, four months. And nobody had shields on. I got to tell you something because a friend of mine who's a dentist, from the very beginning, he worked his butt off trying to get the protective gear for his staff. I mm-hmm. mean, just, just, just finding it and then buying it. Uh, right. And by the way, they're, they're reaming you with the prices, all right? He mm-hmm. spent months. Just, he said, I just, I just found a, a stash of 10,000 masks today, so I bought them. And I just found some shields. And it took him months to get everything he needed mm-hmm. to open up his practice again. So what you're saying mm-hmm. now is these face, these face shields, obviously, anybody that hasn't already got them, there's people got to run around and find them. So to me, what that says is a lot of places are probably going to shut down again if they can't comply with these, with these protocols. Because the restaurant well, I was at Wednesday night, nobody had face shields on. And mm-hmm. now they have to get them. Right. Well, and, you know, uh, I'm not a good cop, bad cop. Um, and I think the intent of the county is obviously keep people safe, to keep the servers safe, to keep the guests safe. Um, but the county also made it very clear that they're not going around policing all the restaurants. Um, obviously, if they get a call or a complaint, then they're bound to go out um, and uh, check out the business. But they take the approach of educating first, or if one of them happened to be out eating or whatever, you know, they take the approach of um, educating first, like, you know, hey, did you know? Um, and then they um, they come back um, and pay another visit. And, you know, if they're still not, and this is true for any business, by the way, not just restaurants, any anybody who's not complying to the protocol, um, they come back and they will give, you know, a re-education and then a warning and then the third time they come back, if everybody is still not, um, you know, making improvements and abiding by the protocol, then they have the option of shutting down the business, issuing a misdemeanor fine, um, you know, and they said, you know, if that happens, the business could be shut down for one to two days before they're able to prove it, whatever. So they're not taking, they made it very clear. They don't want to be punitive. They're trying to keep everybody safe. So right. Some rest. I, I was out to my first dinner last night. Um, you know, alfresco dining outside. You know, sidewalk dining. It was beautiful and lovely and delicious food. And I saw so many people just sitting on the sidewalk. You know, it was it was a constant interruption. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, I didn't see any face shields either. Um, I have heard there's a few restaurants in downtown that are using the face shields, um, but you know the. the we're all evolving during this, yeah. and we're all learning. And um, I haven't read through the protocol for the nail salons and spas and all that, but I, I would bet they have to wear face shields. I think, I think nail salons, I think I actually saw that um, uh, um, earlier in the week somewhere. So I think they have to wear face shields also. So, you know, the rules are there. How everybody wants to interpret them and abide by them is one thing. Um, but, uh, you know, all meanwhile, the cases continue to rise. So, um, and I failed to mention one of the most important things that opened this week, and that was our, our Manhattan Beach Pier opened on Monday morning, which uh, was such nice. a sign of life, sign of life, you know? And yes. 
I don't believe the roundhouse has reopened yet. They needed to kind of staff back up maybe this weekend. I need to check in with them. Um, but um, that was a lovely, you know, sign of life. And then last night um, there was the first restaurant opening, like official opening, brand new opening, not reopening, um, in downtown Manhattan Beach, um, a little place called Taco Licious. That is a um, restaurant group out of San Francisco has been building out the old Wahoo's fish taco space. Um, and they've completely um, reconfigured it and um, spruced it up. And it's called Taco Licious, um, kind of fancy, delicious gourmet tacos and margaritas and tequila. So um, wow. if you strolled in. Stroll down this way to look at the pier. Go check out Chocolicious. It's on Manhattan Avenue, um, just a half a block north of Manhattan Beach Boulevard. So, hey, we can all this- use a shot of tequila about now, right? <laughs> well, yes. And I just, you know what, it's, it's uh, signs of life, right? A restaurant yeah. Leo, uh, reopened, you know, during this crazy pandemic time. The pier opened, nail salons, I mean, we're getting there. and But we all can't let our guard down, let's just say that. You know, we got to keep... Um, our personal shields <laughs> up because um, we mm-hmm. don't all. Um, who did my son just told me last night that um, Clemson? Uh, what town is Clemson uh, located in on the East Coast? Um, they just shut down again everything because they they had this uh-huh. massive spike in cases. So we don't want that. These businesses cannot be shut down again. So let's all do our job. Clemson, and South Carolina. Yeah, we're, yes, yes, I, I did, yeah, shut down. Wow. So uh, we don't want that. We can't survive that again. So um, uh, business wise. Kelly, um, so Kelly, yes. Kelly, would you would you do me a favor and just send me that uh, part of the uh, te- uh, the call? You said you had it in, in writing. Can you forward that to me after the show about about the, face the facials? Yeah, yes. so I can get that out. Okay. I didn't know about that. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So, um, are we ready? Are we ready to 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 we get to our our be. show? Yes. Jackie, I was born ready. Are, Let's do guests? it. <laughs> who are <our> guests today? <laughs> okay, our guests this morning are Kelly Fogarty and Kelly Massini from the Manhattan Beach chapter of Soroptimist International and filmmaker Aaron Rye. Now, Kelly Fogarty has been a member of Soroptimist for 18 years and is currently serving as vice president for membership. She was part of the original committee that first brought LunaFest to the South Bay in 2007. Karen Block has been a member for 12 years and handles the Soroptimist website and other technological needs. She works as the IT and business operations manager for Girl Scouts of Greater Los Angeles. Um, and... Um, Erin, Erin Rye, and her partner, Sherrick, uh, Jessica Sheriff, made the film Lady Parts, which is a funny, serious look at sexism in the entertainment industry and will be one of the featured films at LunaFest. So, so we're gonna, this morning we're going to learn about LunaFest. This year it's LunaFest at Home, and it's taking place on Saturday, June 27th via Vimeo. So uh, something to look forward to. Kelly, Karen, Erin Welcome to the program. We're so glad you could join us this morning. Thank you. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes. Absolutely. We're very much excited about LunaFest. And, uh, you know, of course, it's being remade and reimagined as so many different things are uh, being reimagined at this time. But I'm not sure if that won't be a part of a new birth because now it'll be reimagined in a context where people will be on social media during it and connecting during it. And so that might be a a great opportunity for people to really connect with the message of these films. But first, just for people who don't know, and I guess there's just a few people in the world that don't know yet, what is LunaFest? Who wants to take that? Karen, you, you've been on the committee this year and done a lot of work. Why don't you um, take that if you don't mind? Sure. Um, LunaFest, their tagline has always been uh, uh, films by, for, and about women. Um, and I really like that this year they have um, – 
they're they're just very much focusing in on um, the fact that these are stories that haven't been told but need to be told. Uh, and I'm I'm sure that Erin can go into kind of uh, her experience uh, submitting a film to Luna Fest. Uh, but you know this mm-hmm. has happened for almost two decades. We're on the 19th annual uh, uh, Luna Fest, which is kind of amazing. Um, And uh, you're right, having this be a virtual event this year really opens up these stories uh, to a broader audience. Uh, A lot of times uh, women are the caregivers and babysitters are often needed (laughs) to be able to experience this wonderful short film festival. And And uh, now uh, parents will be able to uh, show these films to their kids or uh, watch them when they've gone to bed, like I'm going to (laughs) do. But Erin, do you want to, do you want to give any other information about when you, uh, you know, you're submitting the film and, and, and that? Oh yeah, sure. I will, I will admit I actually didn't submit our film. We were reached out to by LunaFest directly. Um, they had seen our film in a different film festival at like a short film market. And so they reached out to us, which was <laughs> unusual as a filmmaker, I will say. I'm very used to paying uh, big submission fees and begging for people to let my film in. Um, but I was really excited by the fact that they were so interested in our film. Um, so then at that point, you know, they, they said, okay, here's a waiver you can submit. And um, they have been incredible and so just celebratory and supportive. I remember I got like a big box of goodies and gifts. Welcome to the LunaFest family. And um, it's really an honor. I look at some of the people that have been a part of LunaFest in the past, and that's part of what convinced me, like, oh, they're the real deal. Because, you know, there's a, a filmmaker who was in a couple years ago who is directing on television and has her first feature in the works. Her name's Bola Ogan, and she is, she is a person to keep an eye on. Um, but they just have such a great reputation and a great history um, in the filmmaking world. Um, I I have a question. I have a question. Kelly Fogarty, who is behind LunaFest? Who who came up with the idea? And is it, is it a Seroptimus project or is it, it, or does Seroptimus just do the film festival? Here. No, um, yeah, the uh, Luna Bar Company. So you probably had a Luna Bar at some time. They're, they've been into oh, yeah. women's nutrition, women nutrition and health and that sort of thing for a long time. They they predate this, and and as someone mentioned, in 2000 is when they started um, deciding to compile a uh, a short film festival from female perspectives, from writers and directors who are women, to uh, advocate and champion for women in film. Women in film are still underrepresented behind the camera. Uh, that's very true, at, at you know, even to now. So um, they they then decided to do this, and they've taken international submissions. And, and when we, when, again, our club began in 2007, I still remember the first one of the films I saw from the first festival, it was from the Middle East, and I, I get goosebumps every time I think about it. So they're impactful films by women telling uh, stories that are sometimes particular to women, but sometimes uh, for everyone. And um, just amazing, beautiful, beautiful films of the highest uh, quality. And, and, you know, this year's theme to me, as, and I because I've already seen the festival, I watched it when we were considering doing this um, a, a few weeks back, I thought, well, what is the viewing at home experience going to be like? So I I bought a ticket from a Seroptimus Club in Eastern Canada, and I watched the films one day. And um, I, it was amazing. The themes overall are just being kinder and more respectful to each other, whatever our differences. That's sort of a theme I took away from these seven films. Mm-hmm. And what a what a timely thing. And uh, um, even, you know, especially now, it's beautiful. So at any rate, back to your first question, the Luna Bar Company then packaged this, packages this up and looks for nonprofit groups, especially women's groups like, like ours, who they give the films to. 
here, here's a cassette. You right. guys do with right. it as you will. And and then the money that you raise, we ask for a donation back to support women filmmakers. And the rest of the money that you raise then, however you do it, um, may be used for your programs that, that we hope help women and girls. So you'll see sororities doing, you'll see Soroptimist clubs all over the country. You'll see, um, you know, women, other, other sorts of women's organizations that present LunaFest. Wow. No, no, Kelly. It's, it's, it's like, Kelly a, it's like a built-in distribution list. Go ahead. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> a built-in distribution list. Okay. <laughs> Kelly Fogarty, now I know you have not been, or I wonder, you've not been involved with the Seroptimists since 1921, but could you tell <laughs> us, do you know anyone that's been involved with the Seroptimists since 1921? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm sorry to say. Our, our, we had a, a founding member, a charter member of our club, which was formed in 1953 here in the South Bay, and she just passed away in November. So Betty had been a member for 66 years. She and her husband owned a wow. jewelry store downtown Manhattan Beach, and um, we, we miss her so much, but she stayed active and she stayed uh, with us for all that time. Um, but, no, there are um, – there are a few around with a little more longevity, maybe. The first club was founded in 1921 up in um, Alameda County. And so next year, we're, we're celebrating our 100-year anniversary of Seroptimist. And it's grown to an organization with clubs in 120 countries around the world. Um, we have consultative status at the United Nations for advocacy on issues, you know, special impact to women and so forth. So it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful organization. I love my local club. I love our whole organization. I, now, nice. when it comes to when it comes to change, Karen, uh, when it comes to uh, impacting the world, there are several avenues along which you can do so. Uh, uh, you know, um, many uh, in the international community think of you know you think of uh, malaria, you think of various kinds of diseases that can be eradicated. You think of, of poverty around the world. Kelly, Karen, it all centers on women. Empower women in a community, in a village, in a wherever, and life gets better for everyone, Karen. That's right. This is always, this is the way it, it can be done. Most uh, nonprofits, NGOs as they're called, uh, non-governmental organizations around the world are now focusing on women where they didn't before because they get the biggest bang for their buck by focusing on women. Improve the lives of women, you improve the lives of children, the men can earn more money, everyone gets better. So now that we're so smart about this, I guess uh, the Seroptimists is the only organization uh, to support, and LunaFest is the only film festival to ever go to. It should be like, there should be a hundred films. I like it. <laughs> okay, it, it, it is a very natural marriage. It, it is a, a very natural marriage, and we were so delighted when we first uh, discovered this as a as a vehicle. I mean, it's we can do lots of things as fundraisers. We can have fashion shows and wine tastings and lots and lots of things. And and a lot of a lot of clubs do, and a lot of other organizations. But what better to have your your program be your mission, your fundraiser be your mission. You're advancing other women just by doing this and entertaining just tremendously so right on I, I right on more. are we ready well, to Joe, get into I, to know more about the wait, film wait wait wait, wait wait no we're we're going to do our station break first and then we're going to get into oh. the films oh okay excellent excellent ladies and gentlemen you're listening to the south bay show we're so excited to bring this show to you every Thursday morning and Friday morning at 8 a.m. right here in the South Bay of Los Angeles. And it's hyper-local. It's all about your local uh, government organizations, your local uh, food and art and, and, and uh, 
you know, all the things that make a difference in your life. Thursdays, it's uh, the best of the South Bay, uh, you know, just anything uh, that affects your lives uh, specifically, um, the, the, the best and the best. And then, of course, on Friday mornings, we're sponsored by the Manhattan Beach Chamber to bring all the best that uh, can be served up from the South Bay, but with a special focus on the Manhattan Beach community, uh, the city of Manhattan Beach, and of course, the members of the Manhattan Beach uh, Chamber. So please join us Thursday and Friday. And if you can't, you can always join us via uh, uh, your nearest smartphone or smart uh, speaker, uh, Siri and Alexa and Google, they all uh, uh, will allow you to follow us. So please join us. And Jackie, now, what's the next Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Before we get to the films, um, Karen or Kelly, give us the information on how people can get LunaFest at home. Get, uh, where do they go? How much does it cost? How does it work? Just give us that information, and we'll, we'll give it again at the end of the show. Sure, I can give an uh, overview. Um, so LunaFest at home is offered to people at $20 a ticket. Um, now, it doesn't really matter how many people are in your household. It's $20, uh, whether you have one person or two, three, four people watching it. Uh, we decided on one flat price. Um, you can go to, uh, let me just make sure I do not misspeak. You can go to lunafestsimb.com and you can get all of the information. What will happen is on uh, the morning of June 27th, you will get an email from us. And it will have a Vimeo link. And this is a unique Vimeo link. And it will come with also a unique password. Uh, you can watch Vimeo on Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Samsung TVs, Chromecast, basically anything that can get an Internet uh, a connection, your phone, your tablet, whatever it is, you can watch a Vimeo link. It's, it's very easy. It's a, it's a click and go kind of thing. Um, so the link is good for 24 hours. So from 9 a.m. on June 27th to 9 a.m. on June 28th, and it's important to know this is specific time. Uh, so if someone in New York wants to watch it, they totally can, but their timing is going to be from 12 to 12. Um, and again, that's LunaFest, S-I-M-B.com, and you can see, uh, get the ticket prices and see the movies and get the whole rundown. All right. Okay. I'm glad I asked that. Um, now, tell me something. If I pull it up, if I buy a ticket and I pull it up on my computer, I can, I can cast it to my TV? Is that an option as well? You sure can. All right. That makes it easy. All right. Okay. So that's how it's going to work, everybody. And 20 bucks. You can have the whole neighborhood hang out at your house and watch this film festival for 20 bucks. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great deal. That's a great deal. No, it reminds me. As long me, as you well, social was, distance and are six feet apart. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, it, it, it reminds me of when we were kids and we had those really hot summer nights and we didn't have a air conditioning in our summer house. And my parents would drag the TV out into the courtyard and everybody would pull up a beach chair and, and we'd watch whatever the thing was we were watching. But you could do it. It would kind of be the same thing with this. It would be fun. Um, all right. Well, since we have one of the filmmakers with us, Aaron, um, Tell us about your film, Lady Parts. So my film is a comedy uh, about sexism, because what's funnier? I mean, really. Yeah. Um, And (laughs) it it follows the the story of um, a young woman who's an actor, and she's she's struggling at the beginning. She she starts off as a dancing tampon. Uh, I don't think I'm spoiling too much. That's basically the first shot of the film. So... She's a dancing tampon in a commercial, and um, she's pretty humiliated. And uh, finally, she gets what she thinks is going to be her big break. And she ends up on a set with all men. And some things happen to her that uh, no one else seems to have a problem with. Um, But she has to decide if she is going to kind of shut up and take it and get ahead in her career, or if she's going to stand up for herself and potentially 
you know, mess up her future prospects. So it's really about that feeling of being the only one in the room. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of us have experienced that (laughs) where you kind of look around and you're like, wait a minute, am I, am I taking crazy pills? Like everyone, do you guys not see what's happening here? Um, And the reality is they don't. So um, our goal really was to show, you know, not really the Harvey Weinstein side of Hollywood, not the outright, you know, the obvious harassment and um, assault and which certainly happens. So, you know, not to minimize that, but we wanted to really show the more um, subtle ways that women can feel like outsiders or discriminated against. And this is all born of my own experiences. <laughs> I'm, I'm also the actor in the film, actor, writer, director, producer. I did a, wore a lot of hats, um, but I can't tell you how many times I have been the only woman on a film set, you look around and everyone behind the camera, they're, they're just all men. And um, it's kind of shocking because there are so many qualified women in Hollywood. And obviously we make up 50% of the population. So it's always something that has kind of stuck with me and, and bothered me. Now, Erin, there are so many popular powerful women in Hollywood today uh, that are really deciding on purpose to go behind the camera as producers, executive producers, as camera people, as, as there's obviously as, as uh, you know, executives. And so is this the golden age of, the of the women powered film movement i mean because it seems that way if you if you look at the black community you see obviously tyler perry has been a powerful force in media black media for some time but now many of them uh uh um, are are women not just oprah but but several other women I'll, i'll remember their names as we go along but do you see that happening I see a shift, but I yeah. I don't think we're there yet. Um, partially, it's behind the camera in the roles that are not, that we don't see, right? We don't see the sound person. We don't see the second camera assistant. We don't see a lot of these people. And those roles are still mainly mainly men. And the thing that I, what I think happens, and also, if I, if I may, I think the reason that a lot of, we see high-profile women moving behind the camera is because when you're growing up as a little girl, all you have seen as an option is being an actress, right? That's what you see. Mm. You, don't, you haven't seen, I mean, maybe little girls growing up now, right? They might get to see Ava DuVernay and some of these other wonderful women. But certainly, you know, when I was growing up, and I'm in my early 30s, I didn't see female directors. And I didn't think of that as an option. And even female writers, there were some, but it, it didn't seem like an option. So you, you think, oh, well, then I'm going to be an actress because I want to tell stories. So I think um, what we're seeing now is a lot of people, and this is something I came to in my own life, is I started thinking, why am I waiting until I'm, you know, Reese Witherspoon, some famous actress to write and produce and direct when that's what I want to do? Um, so there is a shift happening. What I will say is that films made by women, uh, women directors, writers, uh, et cetera, they don't get as much funding. So you can, you know, a young, a young man in his, again, late 20s, early 30s, uh, and this is kind of what my film's about, too, is that, that white guy in a baseball cap, uh, he can go out and get his film funded. Um, but investors are still hesitant to uh, contribute to films by women. So we have a harder time getting funding. We're frequently making films for lower budgets. Um, What is interesting about this is that our films are making money. So we're able to take those lower budgets and still be creative and still find a way to make our films profitable at, you know, a a pretty impressive rate. Um, so I, I do think it's changing. I do think it takes an effort, and it's not, it's, it has to be both. It can't just be women turning around and giving a hand up to other women, which, of course, of course needs to happen, and of course we should do. 
And I feel very supported by the women in my community. Um, But it takes male filmmakers to kind of open their eyes and look around their own sets and say, wait a minute, these are all my my dude buddies from film school. Um, These are all men. I need to go out of my way to make sure my sets are more inclusive. So that's really was our goal with this film, actually, and part of why we wanted to go have a great festival run uh, was to let some of those male filmmakers see this film and laugh at it. And then maybe by the end they realize, oh, wait, I think maybe I'm that guy. Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. Whoa. I took him. Right. That white, right. Guy, that white right. guy in the baseball cap. Yes. That's oh, what yeah. Me. Right. And it is, wow. it is and you know, wonderful. It is, it is hilarious. It is just a great film, Aaron, and congratulations. I just loved it. Thank Can't you. wait to see it again, and everyone will, will love it. Thanks. Kelly, mm-hmm. Kelly Stroman? Did you have something? Yes. No. Well, actually, my question was going to be, what is it going to take um, to, you know, sh- change the paradigm? But you kind of answered that, you know. Um, is there any other thoughts do you have, um, action that really needs to happen to shift this and make um, movies produced and made by women more viable in the eyes of the, particularly obviously the investors. Um, There's no doubt that once they get to the screen, people love them, but how do we get more off the ground? You know, I, I I love that you're asking me these questions because I, I think about this so much. (laughs) Um, I think we also need more women executives. So the problem is not just on the creative side and not to say that executives are not creative. Many of them are, some of them are not, Um, but it's, it's also the business side. So when you have mostly uh, middle-aged and older white men uh, who are the ones green lighting the films, especially at the studios. Now we're getting a little bit away from the indie world, the indie world, you're, you're on your own. You go out and you, do the best you can to find investors and production companies and all that. But if you're in the studio system um, and even, even some of those in some of those production companies um, you're talking, you're trying to pitch your idea to someone who doesn't necessarily relate. So they're going to, and again, I don't think it's their fault necessarily. I'm not trying to paint these men as demons or or bad guys. Um, But they look at someone who looks like them, who has a similar life experience and pitches a story that they're familiar with. Um, they're going to go, Oh yeah, I get that. That makes sense to me. Um, so it's also about helping to get more women in positions and people of color uh, in positions mm-hmm. where they're the ones making the decisions. So, you know, the, the artists can only do so much, which we, we, you know, we have to do, that's our responsibility. Um, but it also, it's going to take people on the business side of the entertainment industry. That, that side just needs to be more diverse and inclusive as well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, it seems like we've been taught, we've been, we've been talking about that for a long time, Aaron, you know, I mean, I know. We, we've been talking about it for a long, long time. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, at the Oscars, uh, there was a, uh, a people were upset because there were no black people represented. And then the following mm-hmm. year, um, there was great success uh, in in the black uh, movie community. Um, and then the following year, people were complaining again. It, it, it as I mm-hmm. said, we've been talking about this for a long, long time, and hopefully, you know, hopefully things will change. Uh, we can always I, help, I, right? I would, I would just throw in a thought too. Uh, based on something I read about one of the other filmmakers here, and uh, her film is called Ballet After Dark. Um, the filmmaker goes by B. Monet, and 
I, I had heard of this before, but Queen Latifah has started something she calls the Queen Collective, and it's it's sort of her nonprofit, I gather, that is working to accelerate gender and racial equality behind the camera. So if you're, you know, mm-hmm. selected, one of your films or your work is recognized there. So there are advocates for women who are doing those things, of course, and I don't know whether funding comes with those kinds of things or if the recognition there is enough to then get the attention of people who would then say, yes, these are, these are filmmakers we need to pay attention to. Um, but uh, her, her film is also just uh, amazing and has really stuck with me as well. Um, it's about a woman who uh, finds her strength after an attack on herself by creating a program to help survivors of sexual assault or domestic violence through dance therapy. So she creates this ballet troupe. It's, it's all black women um, and, and as she is. And they, what they discover about themselves I mean, none of them is the classic, you know, tall, lithe, you know, uh, ballet dancer, but their strength and their, um, their ability to work hard at something and achieve what they can and find their beauty then translates to other things in their lives. If I can do this, then I can do these things. And um, they've just created a tremendous program and a tremendous community helping these women help themselves. And it, it just has made for a beautiful film. So that's another one of my highlights. Well, thank you, Kelly. I was just going to ask you, to, we heard about Aaron's film, but that's one of seven, I believe. And I was just about to ask you if you could run through each of the other films that, that we'll be watching. Sure. And, and uh, I know we're going to mention this later. <laughs> yeah, I know we're going to mention this later, but another great way to get to these films is through SouthBayByJackie.com, of course, where LunaFest is listed yeah. <laughs> as an event. And that takes us to our site. And one of the things there is a trailer and then a link to the LunaFest site at, at uh, LunaFest.org. That's their, you know, their whole national site does have a rundown of each film. So the, the, the films are Pearl, which is an animated feature. One of the filmmakers has worked at Pixar for a long time. So, I mean, these are just high-quality, fantastic films. Um, an earnest ball of yarn uh, gets a job at a fast-paced, high-energy, brotastic startup. So she's going to be <laughs> facing the brotastic. Uh, Ballet After Dark is one. Um, one is called There You Are, and there's a trans woman must dress like a man to say goodbye to her dying grandmother. So it's about accepting people for who they are and the issues that this trans person has with that. With that. Um, there's one called Christmas Cake, a coming-of-age coming-of-middle-age story, follows a pop singer's journey from hot to not and what ensues across cultures from New York to Tokyo. Uh, One called Game, one of my favorites also. A new kid in town shows up at the high school basketball tryouts and instantly makes an impression. Will talent and drive be enough to make the team? And then the other one, How to Swim, is an Israeli film about motherhood. I'll say I just loved it. It says um, a terrified mother-to-be kidnaps a maternal stranger for an afternoon of hijinks. So um, those are (laughs) with lady parts of the films. And, um, you know, they all just run a few minutes, and they're all just able to tell. You know, short film is another challenge, right? You've got to tell a story this fast. And um, I'm just amazed by it. You know, I, I've been to LunaFest in the past. You know, here in the South Bay, we have a handful of film festivals that I, I really, really enjoy. Kelly and Joe, I don't know, have you been to Sunscreen or the Be- uh, Beauty of Nature series that the Palisades Peninsula Land Conservative puts on? LunaFest, Sir Optimus. We, we have we have such a, a great, and they're all they're all different. You know, LunaFest, by women, for women, about women. The beauty of nature is, like it sounds, it's about nature and the eco- you know, environment and ecology and um, the sunscreen film festival that uh, they do in Hermosa Beach. Uh, we, we just have, we, you know, you never have to leave the South Bay is what I'm saying. <laughs> right, Joe? Why leave right. the South Bay? It's so fabulous. No. We, I know. I know. It, 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 although... I will say it is, you know, nice to leave every now and then because what does it do? It makes you appreciate what we have even more. Um, That's right. You know, real quickly, I don't want to get off too off topic, but on that note, I did a little drive last weekend up to um, Abikini, Venice, Main Street, Santa Monica, Brentwood, just to check out, um, see what's happening in those uh, business areas. And Mm -hmm. I have to say I was – 
proud and happy and uh, thankful that Manhattan Beach in the South Bay is looking as good as it is. Um, there's a drastic difference right now in those areas from what we are oh, experiencing yeah. in the South Bay. So um, it is nice to get out of the bubble occasionally, and it just makes you appreciate more of what we have here. But with, there's so much talent. We, we say this every single Friday. There is so much talent, and whether it's in the film industry, music, business, entrepreneurs, or whatever, um, it is a very special place. Very, very special. But I have not seen any of those other um, uh, venues that you just mentioned, Jackie. I have not. Oh, well, next year. Next year. This year, as I said, it's kind of a lost year. But um, I'm, enjoying, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying the idea of LunaFest at home. I love the way. Now, now Kelly, did, did Sir Optimus Manhattan Beach come up with that idea, or was that uh, Luna Bar, like, said, hey, this year you can do this? How did, how right, did the right. at-home well, we, part we had. Yeah, we had our event the first weekend in April scheduled at the Redondo Beach Performing Arts Center, and we do love getting together. It's a great social event and seeing everyone, but it became clear then, you know, in March that that wasn't going to happen. Both the Performing Arts Center and ourselves said, we, we, we can't do this kind of event this year. So right around in the same time frame, it was the Luna Bar people who realized that too. I'm sure they were having cancellations all over the country and said, we need to offer an alternative. So thank goodness they reached out then and made this available and um, uh, works very much the same way. Every organization can, can charge what, uh, what they feel they want to for tickets, and they can use the money for their own programs and contribute to the, um, the, the you know, ability to champion women in film. So we will miss getting together, but I, I'm excited. I've been working on promotion here, and I started thinking, well, why don't I advertise? I put it on SF Gate up in San Francisco, because why can't somebody just call in from there, right. um, you know, dial in right. from there and watch the films? Why do I need to, to limit ourselves to people who would like to come to Redondo Beach on a, you know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon and uh, and see these films? And many people will, will say, you know, I, number one, I want a great thing to do. And it, and it is a great thing to do because, as you've lamented, there aren't, there aren't many events that we can go to. I'm going to sit in the backyard with a few friends. We're going to have our own laptops and distance away and share some wine and watch it. So that's, that's the kind of thing people can do. Um, but, um, but otherwise, um, it's just a great thing to do, however you do it, and, and you will love the films. And, but we've advertised much wider. We're in LA Weekly and lots of places where we hope we'll get an audience that wouldn't obviously be ours otherwise and, and that they will have this opportunity to. Kelly, you, you just nailed it. You just hit it right on the head, and that's what's happening across the board. And Kelly uh, Stroman knows this as well. You know, all of these virtual events, like the Chambers, are doing all of these events that normally, you know, would just be a handful of local business people attending. But everything has been blown wide open by this. People in in all of the South Bay or all of the country can hop in and listen to a chamber event virtually as they can with Lunafest. That, that's fantastic. Now that leads me to my next question. Can, it, will you offer next year when you have the actual event here, are you going to continue to offer uh, the at-home version? Uh, you know, I imagine there have got to be a lot of people just in the South Bay alone that maybe can't get out to see it, but they want to see it. So would this be something that you continue in the future? It's a great idea. It'll 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 be up to the Luna Bar company, I, I suspect. But if they get a lot of great feedback for this, that might well be an option that we could both have a live event. And for those who can't come, here's here's going to be our link to a site. Yeah, and, I, and it'll just, it'll really it, be up to Luna. <laughs> it, it will be up to Luna, but no, but seriously, like we're talking about it here. And our local audience that list that is listening, you know, they, they're like, oh, this will this will be convenient. You know, people love sitting on their couches at home. You know, I mean, you know, years ago, my husband was like, I don't need to go to a movie. I can just sit on my couch and watch it. Right. But that's right. Instance, yes, exactly. What yeah. I could do, what I, what I can do is I can call my sister in Florida and my sister in California and say, hey, I'm going to watch this tonight. You should watch it with me. Right, 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 exactly. And then, you know, at, at the end of each film, hit pause. You can all discuss it, start, a, start up the next film, and laugh together and, and discuss them at the end of each film. So it's a good way to go. I met my sister in New York and Florida, not California and Florida. I'm the one in Florida. <laughs> um, I like that. I like that. Um, 
Please, so, please so, give me uh, a moment to thank our sponsors before we leave, though. Oh, yeah. So I know we're getting near yes. the end. Oh, yeah. let, 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 us, yes. let me know when you'd like we to do We love sponsors. Yeah, Ke- Kelly's done this before. She knows the routine. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, our sponsors are okay. Whole, Food, Whole Foods Market, um, Chevron, Continental Development, Buying Time, LLC, and Block Consulting Actuaries. And uh, we're just so uh thrilled that they continued to sponsor us here even without the advantage of a live event and we're going to continue to thank them in social media and elsewhere and and happy to thank them here well joe i just want to mention one more thing before we start to wrap this up i've been getting emails from every service group and every nonprofit group in the south bay and every one of them needs help and unfortunately some of them are not going to survive this um and others, I've heard that they're, you know, giving up their office space. Everybody's going to be working from home. But we're, but we're just talking about the South Bay. So everybody needs to support. At this point, everybody needs to be supporting everybody else. Our local businesses and restaurants, our service providers, our, our local nonprofits. Because as Joe and Kelly know, we feature them every week practically. Because um, they're right. the people that are doing things and getting things done. So – LunaFest at home. Uh, Karen, one more time with the, um, uh, the, the link that people can go to to get it. LunaFest. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's LunaFest, S-I-M-B dot org. Oh, no, it's dot okay. com. Wait, and, and oh, so LunaFest. Oh That's goodness. okay. SIMB.com. Which, and SIMB is Seroptimist International Manhattan Beach. So it's SIManhattanBeach.com. Okay. And that's the Lunafest. There's a Facebook event. And it's on our site, SouthBayByJackie.com has the event. Just search Lunafest, and the link is right there as well. All right, so right. You, can, you can go to LunaFest, S-I-M-B.com. You can go to my website. It'll take you right to theirs. You can Google Seroptimus. You can Google LunaFest. Um, LunaFest at home this year. Uh, and I it's, think this uh, is it's one. in the Chamber newsletter as well. Thank you, Chamber, for oh. having it in the newsletter as well. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so there's all sorts of ways you can find it. Yes, who was going to say uh, something? Uh, it, well, I was going to say, it, it's our pleasure to always share messaging. But I have an amazing idea for you that might be too late for this year, but it will be a game changer for you next year, whether you are fully live or you do a hybrid of, you know, live and then also offer people to purchase, as you were just talking about, remotely from somewhere else, you know, on the planet. Um, Jackie and Joe, you remember uh, Rebecca from Chicane Group that we had on that talked about Looped? Yes. The service? Yes. Um, I'm going to introduce Kelly Fogarty. I'm going to introduce you to another chamber member and a resident of Manhattan Beach who has an amazing technology and platform that would allow you to show these movies um, live, if you so choose, and then you can go out into b- virtual breakout rooms with the producer, the writer, the actors, or whatever, and it, w- it will take this to a-, a whole new stratosphere next year. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm neat. sitting going, Very oh, my neat. gosh, I have the best idea for you guys. <laughs> um, so I think it would, it, you know, and I'm encouraging businesses of any nature to continue whatever they are shifting and doing now to make things happen, to continue that on next year and augment their business and not just go back to your old ways. We've got to keep being more creative and being more kind of disaster proof um, and having other options that are always available to us. So I would encourage you to do both next year, even if we're fully open, hopefully we are and, and rocking and rolling, but I'm going to do that introduction. So if I, if I forget, very good. Um, great me, idea. And Thanks. remind me. Yes. Yes, looped. That, oh, Kelly, what a great looped. idea. What a great yeah, idea. No, Loopedlive.com. Yep. Yes. Yes. Erin. Erin. Erin should look into that for, for all anything she's working <laughs> on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, well, we've once again learned new things uh, right at the top of the show. We learned about Juneteenth. Uh like we always do. Every every week we do the show, we learn something new. Um, Joe, we need Thanks. to wrap this up. Yeah. What I've learned is that with all the energy 
in our our culture right now with Black Lives Matter and with the election coming up and and the corona pandemic, the global coronavirus pandemic, with all the energy in our lives right now, it seems like change is happening in every aspect of our lives. It seems like change is afoot, and uh, LunaFest at Home is a part of that. Thank you so much, Kelly Fogarty, Karen Massini. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Aaron Rye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was great being with you all. Thank you. Thank you. And of course, Kelly and Kelly S and Jackie. <laughs> oh, always a pleasure, Thank you so Joe. Much. What a great <laughs> Thank show. Thank you, Joe and Jackie. Have a great weekend. Yes. You too. Yes. Let's let's. It's time to weekend. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Bye bye now. <laughs>